Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. That is incredible, isn't it? Bloody hell. Wow. That's, um, that's just like coffee and chocolate. Maybe a little bit of leather in there as well. Come out for that. On first taste, you get a little bit of licorice coming through as well. Oh, God, yeah. All that stick. Yeah. Isn't it? Let's not keep the listeners in, in suspense as to what it is we're drinking uh, to open this week's show with. So this is uh, from Thornbridge Hall, uh, Thornbridge Hall Collection. This is the Heather Honey Imperial Stout, which is no longer available to buy and was part of the, uh, the package that, that Miles Lambert and I won uh, at last year's Big Beery Night. It was, it was one of the beers that we got given. As, as part of that package. Um, so you, you and Miles got a bottle each of this one? We we did end up with a bottle each of this one as well and a bottle each of the one that we're going to be doing later as, okay. as, as well. So these are discontinued beers from Thornbridge. So they fit in quite nicely with the theme tonight? That They do, uh, indeed, which is all... When we get onto it a bit later on, it's going to be about beers that you might never get to drink again. Yeah, well, this is... Amazing. I mean, uh, you know, this has come out of the fridge about 15, 20 minutes ago, so this will warm up as well. Yeah, yeah. The uh, aroma already, though. Just well, I, I said that the minute I, I popped the yeah. cap on it. I was like, my God, you can you can smell this from almost the other side of the room. It's very layered. Yeah, like red wine now. This is um, an interesting. The best before on this is uh, December this year. So this is obviously quite a few years old now. Yeah, as, as well in the bottle. Um, but I am I am just going to read this. I'm gonna, just going to read the bottle out because the the explanation on this is just it just makes your mouth water. Just, just reading this out. So, uh, Heather Honey Stout was brewed using a single temperature infused mash, utilising a complex malt grist including English chocolate, brown and peated malts. malts. English Fuggles, American Palisade and Willamette Hops were chosen for fruity and earthy flavour. Additionally, we added locally sourced Heather Honey from Sheffield Honey Company. The stout was matured for six months in a... Uh, initially matured for six months, a third in brand new French oak casks, a third in Pedro Jimenez sherry casks, and a third in form of red Bordeaux wine casks. It was then blended back together and conditioned for a further period to allow the flavours to meld. It has been conditioned in bottle using champagne yeast and more heather honey. I mean, I hadn't, <laughs> read, I hadn't read that out. I hadn't read that before I tasted it. I mean, you know, I wouldn't have got all of those different things. I mean, I was getting a bit of red barrel coming out, but I mean, that is just... I mean, that is, I mean, why? What, what what made them think this was a good thing? I mean, it's a great thing to do, but to do three different barrels, put them all back together then, further conditioning, and then think, let's do some more conditioning in the bottle as well. Because the only, the only bottles I know that have champagne yeast are some of the, the Belgian beers. Um, and this hasn't, but it, this, I'm not really sure what it's added because the champagne yeast is, we haven't suddenly got lots of exciting life to it. It just feels perfectly balanced in its, in its mouthfeel, doesn't it? It, it, it does, I mean, and I suppose you could say it's, this This is probably a masterclass. This is a labour of love, of, surely. Of, of brewing, yeah. th- this is, isn't it? And, y- you know, again, and again, it's one of those things that when people um, question Thornbridge and, and their place in the, the brewing industry now, 
Bearing in mind that this beer was probably brewed five or six years ago. It's got to have been, the process got to have started then, because I mean... They that did. was ahead of its time, yeah. in terms of what it's producing. Yeah. Surely. So, yeah. I, I mean, mean is it, I tell you what though, it's amazingly drinkable. <laughs> 10% as well. Yeah. Just, Sorry, just, 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 just that put, put that one out there. That's, that's it amazing. It's amazingly drinkable, that is. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been talking too much. I've not really had a chance to drink it. So I'm, while, while I drink some of this, you can uh, you can share your beery adventures this week, mate. Okay, no problem at all. Um, well, we, we uh, met up with our uh, respective uh, children and uh, Michelle came along with us as well. Uh, my friend Carl, who's a listener of the show, his wife, Hannah. And some other friends, and we all went over to the uh, yearly Harrogatetown Brewery Beer Festival at the Redoubt Fort, which is over two hundred years old. Um, very traditional cask-led beer list. Um, I think we both commented uh, that a few more dark beers wouldn't have gone amiss on the list. I think by the Saturday there was only one left, which yeah. we did both enjoy. But we could have done with a few more we, we, to we break did. it up. And, and, and sorry to jump in, but I, I wanted to comment about this on on this week's show it that just let it down for me a little bit because i think i said to you by the time i was on my sixth golden owl they were all just tasting the same yeah and and i just needed something just to break up the monotony of light colored beers and the fact that there was only one dark beer on didn't really satisfy that yearning I completely agree, um, and I, I did notice you you went back to Paul with some constructive feedback on on the Sunday. I did something similar on Twitter yesterday. Um, I, I I think that maybe they were catering for the the casual audience who work very much on the it's summer. I must be having light coloured beers, um, but I would I could I would definitely have appreciated more on the dark beers as well. And a bit like yourself, I often think the condition of dark beers works better on. A cask gravity beer festival, absolutely, yeah. Um, than 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 all the others. Um, having said all of that, again, like we said last year, the venue is awesome for a beer festival. Sitting in this fort, which has been completely renovated by by volunteers, is is an amazing experience. Every year I go, I, this must be about the eighth or ninth year. This has been in, in going. Missed the first one, and I'm always in awe about the building always in awe about the building I think it's just a fabulous place to have a beer festival I, I, I completely agree it's for, for me it's it's up there you, you know we always speak very highly of Indie Man being held in Victoria Baths but this this is up there with that for me definitely in, in, in terms of stunning location for a beer festival it's it's absolutely fantastic yeah, it's brilliant you know they've got the volunteers um, I think because of the building, the beers are, the beers came out at a very nice temperature as well because they're you know they're all big stone walls. These these barrels mm. are kept away nicely in the shade, really really nice, really nice to go back there again. Um, but for me, that was that was really the only you know outdoorsy sort of beery adventure I had in the last week. Uh, same here. I, I didn't do anything other other, other than that. Um, the the one thing that I will say about it as well is is one of the other beers that I tried while I was there, and I do just want to give a shout out for this one. Um, it was one of the keg beers that was um, from uh, Ollie Watts, who appeared on uh, one of the old Beer O'Clock Show homebrew specials. Uh, he's a small brewer who's now based in, in Suffolk, and he had a he had a keg beer on called Paddington, um, which was 
uh, a parallel, uh, yeah, four percent something percent. Loads of lime flavour. Uh, yeah, I think he he used like lime zest in it as as well, um, and almost to the point where the lime hid the the the, the hop that was dominant in it which was Srachi Ace which neither of us are fans of yeah it didn't you hide, were still getting quite a lot of it didn't though, hide it enough for me yeah, <laughs> it did, did it enough for me it was like drinking lime juice but it was it was great to try one of Ollie's beers and it's great to see that he's doing beers on keg yes yeah, yeah and, no. and, and they're getting on at local festivals yes as well. and the local festivals are putting them on as well yes yeah absolutely so congratulations ever to, to Harris Hanbury Beer Festival putting that on I'm sure it raises a a bit of money for the uh, the friends of the readout thoughts as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Any yeah. any other beers that you tried in the last? Uh, Wednesday? Just just a couple uh, that I want to mention. Uh, I had a can of Solstice Session IPA, which is from a, a brewery called True North, um, which was just a stunning little beer, uh, about four point two, four point four percent, something like that. Uh, just really, really drinkable. Um, really enjoyed that one. Picked that one up from um, Beer Central. Um, also had uh, the latest incarnation of uh, Buxton seemed to be doing a series of parallels with different hops. Okay. So I had their latest one, which was with Simcoe, Amarillo and Southern Cross. And on Untapped, I simply said it was like drinking lemon cheesecake. It was it was lovely. It had this lovely malty biscuitness to it. And then the hops were just bringing out this beautiful lemon flavour. And it was just just what you expect come to expect from Buxton in terms of a quality beer. Yeah. Um, and, and then finally, uh, a beer that isn't a new one, but is, is always worthy of a mention. I, I revisited uh, Magic Rocks Common Grounds for the first time in a few months. And yes, I can confirm it still tastes fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it smashed it, did it? It's... Mate, that beer is so good. Yeah, you've got... Yeah, and it's so underrated. Yeah, I can't fault it. And I'm so pissed off that the world and his wife seems to be drinking the Kentucky barrel-aged version of, of it at the moment. You mean, seems and, to be, we're, and we're not. And we're not. It seems to be available everywhere else in the country, but <laughs> where we are. Um, yeah, so, so uh, they were the standouts amongst quite a few beers that I've had this week. Uh, what, what about you, mate? Any, any um, real standouts for you? Well, yeah, the first one was one I um, I went to the Pelt Trader at Cannon Street, and um, I, I've heard a few people talk about this beer before. It's the uh, Schufferhofer Grapefruit which is a 2.5% grapefruit-infused wheat beer. Now, I've had the original wheat beer. Um, it's quite popular in a couple of the pubs I go to in, um, in Colonial Brothers, but I've never had the grapefruit one, and the Pelt Trade had it on tap. Um, I ended up having two of them. And I say, my untapped comments say, wow, bloody amazing. Love the grapefruit and orangey citrus flavours. Never cloying. Beer of the summer, question mark. Oh, really? Now, I'm going to maybe have to search this one out to give it a try. Because like, like yourself... Heard a lot of people speak very highly of it. Yeah, and it really did work. It, it worked amazingly well, and at two and a half percent, brilliant. I thought for two and a half percent. Well, was I take it for you that was a lunchtime visit? Yeah, yes, yeah, it so worked really well for a lunchtime visit. A couple, couple of pints of that, especially when I go to the Pelt Trader. I'm always tempted by like some six and a half percent offering from the Colonel, which they often have. Yeah, in there. it was quite nice to, to have that. Um, I also had something which I, I had never had before, which was the. Old Freddie Walker by Moore Beer. Um, the Victorian had it on tap. Um, I, I thought I'd had it at some point. So unless I'd had it pre-2013, yeah. Untapped told me I hadn't. It was just a, it's a lovely, rich, complex old ale. Really did enjoy it. And it's very hard not to just um, glug it, to yeah. be honest. Uh, went down really well, especially on drafts. A little bit cool. I mean, that was on the Saturday evening. Uh, 
before we got the Chinese after we'd been to the beer festival. So I'm not sure I needed it, but I had it anyway. <laughs> and that made your, uh, your your beer of the month list as well, it didn't It did you? make the beer of the month list. So it was a very late entry into the beer of the month yeah. list. Um, so, and, and that's that's now up on Facebook. So, so if yep. people want to have a look at what our beers of July are, there's, there's a link in the show notes. Head on over and uh, have a look and see what ours were and, and share your thoughts yeah. with us uh, as to what your beers are. Spoiler alert, we're quite well aligned this month as well. Uh, for the second month in a row, actually, yes. we were aligned on our beer of the month. Yeah. So that, that should tell you something about the beer that was chosen, I think. Y- yeah, and probably not so much of a spoiler to anybody that's listened to last <laughs> week's show <laughs> either. Yeah. Uh, just two other beers I want to give a shout out to. I, I had Northern Industry by Northern Monk, and I'd had this before. And I had it about a year ago, and I was a bit nonplussed about it. I was a bit, yeah, okay. It's Northern Monk, it's a dark beer. I was expecting this to really be wow. Um, but this has had another year in the cellar, and um, I thought it was amazing. It had bags of everything going on, lots of those flavours and aromas that you associate with a dark beer. Mm. Um, under 7%, I think six and a half, six eight, something like that. So it's not a massively strong beer, especially in comparison to what we're drinking now. Um, that, that was really good and uh, lastly was uh, the Imperial Hard Shake by Wiper and True fabulous end of evening beer I do like the the Wiper and True dark beers especially mm. I think they especially their sort of milkshake series that they've done a few of them of yeah. I think they're really good I don't really get hold of Wiper and True very often so when I do I, I have really enjoyed them it's that, that one's from the Beer Bods Plus that box, was the Beer Bods Plus so one, I've, yeah. I've got that Still in my cupboard. I think you'll you've enjoy got, that. You've got a bit excited. I might go ahead of myself. Got a bit ahead of yourself with some of your beer bods beers. They, they got mixed up. <laughs> um, but you'll you'll enjoy it when you get to that one. Okay. So, well, well, maybe a few more because I'm guessing that seeing as the beer bods plus box at the moment runs until the end of October, that one might be the back. Oh, end I think it. that's that's not going to come out for a few yeah, months yet. Yellow Belly last. Box number two was the last one of that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it was a fabulous beer. So. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to yeah. that. But again, it's really weird. I've been looking back on some of the answers we've done on the Beer of the Month stuff and discussions we've had. A lot of dark beer still making my my my, my lists on the Monday and on the on the month thing. I'm, I'm getting less seasonal. Oh, I, I very much am. I mean, like I say, Common Grounds from, from Magic Rock. Um, for me... At the moment, that's a beer that you can have in the fridge. You can take it out of the fridge, and it's the perfect summer beer because it's just it's just tab it cold and it's like it's refreshing and it's just got gives you that big dark coffee hit and it's just perfect. I used to be very seasonal. I think I'm definitely less seasonal than I used to be now. And you just just drink whatever's whatever's whatever, available. Yeah, yeah, whatever I think works at the time. And mm-hmm. I think some with some dark beers, we're so, packing so much flavour these days. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and I, I think I, I think I may well be turning more towards dark beers because they're not murky. Well, uh, I suppose they're the ultimate murk, but they're supposed to. Be well, like no, that. yeah, but they're not murky. Are they? <laughs> they're, they're supposed to look like that. That's yeah. that's what they're supposed to. And look this like. is again, this is just coming out. So we're eating a bit of cheese with this now as well. Yeah, yeah and and the cheese is just bringing uh, so much. This this is the ultimate teaser show this week, isn't it? We're, we're drinking beers. That our listeners are probably never gonna yep. get to drink along with us, and we're, we're, we're enjoying cheese with it. True, the cheese they can get hold of. Anyone who's interested, we've got a mature, an extra mature, applewood smoked cheddar, and um, some brie. To and, go with us. and at the moment, it's working perfect. It's working rather well. Yeah. So, um, any more? It, it's we're, we're gradually making our way through it because yep. we are very wary that it's ten percent, yes. and the next two beers that we've got. Are even higher ABVs. Yes, um, but 
it's beginning to warm slightly. Yeah. Any more thoughts on, on the beer? It's quite a nice... I hadn't noticed it immediately because I think of all the uh, the sweetness and stuff. But it's quite a dry finish to it as well, which I quite like. Mm. I'm getting a dryness just at, really at the back end, which again, doesn't do anything to stop me going back for it straight away. I think the fact we've got it slightly cold is just making it imminently quaffable. Yes. Yeah, because we both drank half of what we had. Which is worrying. It's a worrying trend. Well, it's, it's worrying for listeners in the next half an hour to 45 minutes. <laughs> it is. I don't think we're going to reach the heights of um, the, the now infamous uh, Jack <laughs> Hammer Chaser show. Um, but we might be a little bit on the squiffy side by the time <laughs> we finish this evening. So let's let's get some of the important stuff out of the way then. Um, some news this week. So uh, where to start? Um, first of all, Tiny Rebel. Uh, temporarily have ceased all canning uh, and they've issued recall notices uh, after they noticed that uh, lids were popping off of their cans uh, and that some of their beers had some dissolved oxygen in the cans causing oxidisation and secondary fermentation. Um, so this was a number of batches. Um, it was batches 116, which was Club Tropicana, 122, which was Kutch, 133, which was Club Tropicana, 144, which was Club Tropicana, 145, Club Tropicana, 148, Club Tropicana. Um, they've said they're actually ceasing um, using their canning line now until they've sorted the problem. Now, um, this is kind of the second example of this almost in as many weeks. Um, what's happening with cans at the moment? I don't know, that's from two two brewers who have invested in their own canning lines as well yeah these yeah so these aren't portable these aren't the portable ones which we have heard stories from yeah yeah about being a varying degree of quality with the portable canning lines but these are guys who've invested you know and tiny rebel have upscaled quite a lot recently both with their their tap room and bar the brewery everything has gone up hasn't it so and that's a that's a lot but i mean and say they're not canning they've just stopped yes so they're essentially producing no products for sales to bottle shops, bars, yeah. online shops. They're getting none of their products are getting out there at the yeah. moment. Yeah, that's that's a that's a lot of revenue. Yeah, because they must have had whatever's gone out. There must have been another lot ready to go. Yeah, but it's great that they've taken this decision, yeah. decision to say no. We're going to stop that. Yeah, we need to sort this quality issue out. That's that's paramount to us. Once we've sorted that, we'll get our beers out again. I mean, what is it? I mean, because canning, canning works. We know canning works. There's enough breweries that use it. And let's face it, all the macro breweries use cans. Yeah. So it must be that maybe it's just maybe it's just that some beers, which obviously the macro breweries don't produce, because they produce the same beer time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. The beer stays the same. With the smaller breweries, even with the larger of the independent breweries, they're always trying to push the boundaries. Maybe there are some boundaries which cans just ain't going to work with. Is it? Is it the fruit stuff? Because it, w- it would seem that most of the recall here is a Club Tropicana, which, if memory serves me correctly, is a tropical fruit IPA. Yeah. That that they do. Is it? Is it the use of fruit extracts? It and... could be because I mean you do get na- you still get natural sugars, you still get yeah. natural yeast. So perhaps there is something in that as well. So perhaps there are some beers which you may not be able to just just aren't suited for cans. You know, or at least not the beer that they intended it to be. So perhaps yeah. there's a tweak in a recipe. Same as, you know, go to a regional. London Pride in the bottle is different to London Pride on cask. They produce a different beer. Because it's different ABV. Yeah. Which which I never knew. Which we do now. Which we do and now. 
You will all find out. <laughs> yeah, but our listeners don't know yet because <laughs> that's coming in the, in the summer special. Um, next up, uh, a festival that very much captured our hearts this year, Manchester Beer and Cider Festival. Uh, as people listening to this, advanced ticket sales are now available for next year's event. Thursday the 25th to Jan- Saturday the 27th of January 2018. That's a bit later than last this year. Yeah, tickets are now available Bloody yeah. um, for next year's festival. I mean, we loved it, didn't we? Oh, we thought we, we, we had a great time. Definitely, there. definitely. Um, thought it, it, the, it, is it the same place? Um, da, 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 I'm just quickly trying to skim read. Manchester Central, our home once again. Yes. Yeah. So. I think that's good because obviously after... You know what happened in March with the uh, the terrorist attack. Yeah, I, I'm pleased, but it's still going ahead. It's still going ahead in the same venue because the venue is awesome, and something like that shouldn't put people off using it. Yeah, um, but you can get tickets from uh, MankBeerFest.uk. Uh, available now. Uh, a couple of other bits of news. Um, great to hear another beer podcast launched in the last week. Uh, this one actually called the Beer Podcast, and it's. I can't the... believe there wasn't one called that already. I can't believe there wasn't <laughs> one called that already. But this sees the return of Michael Lally, um, formerly of Bushcraft Beer, uh, with a new co-host uh, as as well. Oh, so he's not on his own anymore. No, he's not on his own. And from the the one episode that I've listened to, great episode where they interviewed uh, Matt and Gordon from Beer Bods, talk, oh, talking okay, about cool. the the inspiration from from behind Beer Bods. So. Uh, again, be a link in the show notes. Uh, have a listen to it um, because I, I I love Michael's uh, tone and his pacing and his questioning. I think it's it's one of the things that he does really well. Yeah, and it's I'm really looking forward to see how he works with a co-host and and how they that they bounce off one another. So I, I think they're planning to put quite a few out in in short. Um, in a short amount of time. Well, it's what, that's what Michael did with Bushcraft Beer as well, wasn't yeah. it? Um, just to see how, how the land lies, see how it's received. I mean, it's a good idea. He's probably backed up a few anyway, so yeah. that'd be good. So, and, um, you know, Matt and Gordon, they've done, you know, especially Matt with Beer Bods, they've done a fabulous job with that. Absolutely. Uh, and then finally, uh, from me on, on this week's news, because I know you've got a couple of bits uh, again, uh, the sad news this weekend that um, Guys that we've just started working with, Hippo Beers, have, have gone into receivership. Yeah, that was, that, um, that's a real shame that was, because in a short space of time we did anything with them, they were really prompt to keep in touch with us, yep. they really engaged with us, we, I thought we had a lot of support from them for the first opinions on film as well. Um, they've been going for five years. I know, and, and a lot of love for them from their, their local community yeah. as well, that, that said it's just going to be, it's a real loss to... To the beer scene yeah. in, I think it's Glasgow, yeah, isn't it? Real it's real, to the beer it's real scene shame. In, in, in Glasgow. Um, it it did put us in a bit of a sticky situation as well for our next opinions yeah. on films because we we were due to to be recording that uh, this coming weekend. Yeah, I almost had to buy the uh, Green King IPA case. <laughs> But thankfully, um, <laughs> we, were, uh, we were rescued from such a fate. Our, our listeners will be pleased to hear that uh, we've we've got uh, someone stepped up to, to help us out. So we've we're going to be working with beer merchants who are putting together. Uh, the guys at beer merchants are as much into their films as we are. Yeah. So we approached them and said, "Can you put us together a box for this thing that we're doing?" And so they geeked out. They said yes, and then they geeked out. And essentially, what they've done is they've put us together a themed Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> box. Um, there'll be a link to where you can buy that from in the show notes, uh, and it's going to be all over Twitter because uh, we're recording the next opinions on films this weekend. Yeah. Release in a couple of weeks' time. If you want to drink along, it's a great box that they've put together for us. Yes. Um, and just get involved. That's that's all I'm, I'm going to say about that. It'll be good fun. Yeah. 
Um, so, mate, what, what have you got? Didn't, didn't you say you had a couple of bits that you wanted to yeah, pick up? Yeah, well, um, you know, what's brewing landed on the uh, on the doormat. Brilliant. Um, so timing. <laughs> we do like that in time for the uh, the last the last episode of the season. Um, the first thing I just want to, to mention, and it's in an article which we've already uh, mentioned in a previous show about Manchester Steak and its claim to be the cast capital of Britain. But the word craft is used a number of times um, in, in the piece and craft has speech marks every time in the article. Um, I, I did notice today when I was uh, going through Liverpool Street Station, I hadn't really clocked it before, all the adverts for the Great British Beer Festival say you can get craft beer, but on the advert, craft does not come in speech marks. Oh. Which I thought was quite unusual, but... But in their champion publication... It comes in speech marks. They have to speech mark it. Um... A, a bit of sad news, definitely for me and anyone who uh, has frequented this particular hostelry in the past. Um, high speed end for cask beer treasure. Now, this may not be the only uh, public house that is going to be, uh, you know, it's going to disappear because of the high speed two rail line. The Brie Louise, which is very close to Euston Station, and for me was especially uh, when I discovered it because it was like going to a mini beer festival. They have eight or nine casks on gravity the whole time as well as the beers on tap uh the brie louise it's um you know the, the the current owners it's their house their home the brie louise was named after their daughter who had died a year earlier so very poignant that will be closing on the 20th of november so if you are in the area and it's before the 20th of november i urge you to pop in there's nothing flash about it but the cask beer is always served well in there that's a real shame it is a real shame so that's a real Right, so it's not everyone's cup of tea. No. But it's a real stalwart of the London beer scene. Yeah, and because the the local the London Canberra magazine, they always have a, a bit in there about it. And they've been very supportive of everything that goes on. They've been around a long time now, before the craft and in inverted commas turned up. A um, little bit off the off the main road as well, which is always quite nice. Mm. Not, and it's a corner street pub. So I'm presuming if they're going, there's a whole chunk around that area that's, uh, that's yeah. disappearing yeah. as well. Well, mate, look, while you've got the paper out... While I've got the paper out, what page could I go to next? I think I think we've got to, haven't, haven't we? We've got to have a little look at the letters page. The letters page, your shout. Now, did you did you uh, pick up any of the stories in here today? I'm, I'm just going to do I... a couple of... The, let me do a couple of small ones. Okay, okay. I, I was going to say, I tried not to because I, I suspected that with the timing of the paper arriving just before recording, we might want to feature it. So <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil anything that's about to come. Okay, well, there, there are a couple of little brief bits in here. And um, unusually for the camera readers, Roger Protz has had it. There, there's a couple of uh, disagreements with Roger. What? I know. So, Roger. No. Yes. They can't be disagreeing with Roger. Yeah. Uh, so, one letter from a, a Mr. Palmer in Norwich. Why has Roger Protz got such a downer on Green King? Question mark. I know. Steve, would you like to answer the question? Because their beers are shit. Yes. <laughs> However, he doesn't answer his own question. He okay. says, but for Green King and other regional brewers, cast beer might have died in the 1970s. It's not all down to camera. Brewers played a small part. Okay, he might have a point there, but it still doesn't mean that their beers are great. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, Roger Pratt's article is more about the fact that if we take macro macro uh, breweries out of it, regional brewers were now starting to really dominate the car scene, which I think is uh, the part of the next the next letter about the uh, 
Marston's Green King Mawson calls account for 37% of the car sector and suggests that this is bad news for drinkers. Um, this guy from Stafford finishes off by saying, it is camera's recent enthusiasm for only the beers from micros, but it's bad news for drinkers. Oh, really? Yeah. But no, because they're supporting new businesses. Yeah, but they don't have, they don't, they don't not support the regionals. Roger Prots the regionals had, don't need the support. Roger Prots was having an opinion about how much they own now, both in terms of pub real estate and their beers going into the pub real estate. It's a valid point. But for a lot of people, a hell of a lot of people, they like all those beers. They like the beers from Marston's. They like the beers from Green King. Obviously, Coulson Moors, we're talking about Doom here, aren't we? So, yeah. Doom is the Doom is now the most popular cast beer in the UK, isn't it? I mean, you know, there is enough people who drinking this stuff. I don't know why. No, <laughs> no, you know, it doesn't know why. And just but, then, what, but then that's that's not a beer that's for us, is it? And no. You, you, you no. Know. But, I mean, they may well have valid points about the fact that they did help save cast beer in the 70s, in the in the Dark Ages. Now, there's a couple of no, another bits, one which I think you'll quite like, and one which I think you picked up on as well, but I, I think you should uh, mention mention the Star Letter first of uh, all. Are you let me read one out? The Star Letter, because I think you quite appreciate the uh, the ending of that letter. Okay, so this is uh, this one's entitled, Footy Fans Right Result in Krakow. Uh, I've just spent two fantastic weeks in Poland following the footy and was lucky enough to see us lose to Germany once again on penalties in the semi-final. I was based in the wonderful city of Krakow and only late in my stay did I discover the magnificent tea time brewery and pub. This brews beer in the traditional English way and serves beer by hand pumps with at least eight on the bar and a variety of ales also available. Live sport is shown on the big screen on request and it can also also organise a mean pizza followed by a delicious apple strudel. Talk about being in heaven. I got so excited I forgot to ask for the spark to be removed. <laughs> and that's, that's from Ray... From Ipswich, um, I love that bit. I love the bit that he's described, he's described the bar. I want to visit now. Yeah, see that does nothing for me. Oh, it does for me because I, you, you know, I, I still owe you the football show. We, we, <laughs> we, we still need to do that. Maybe next. Season, I love the fact that he got so excited, forgot to ask for the spark. There's nothing wrong with a spark. But do bit. people actually? People must actually ask them. Uh, you can. I think you can ask for them to be removed if if you're a heathen and you feel so inclined. Okay, so when you read this letters page, Steve, as you now get the papers, or what letter leapt out at you? <laughs> the, the the one that has the title Craft Rail Sorted. <laughs> Are you going to let me read this one? Oh, no. yep. oh br- brilliant. Um, this was the one that when I glanced at the page, I, I, I kind of hoped that you were going to pick this one out. So uh, the continuing furore around what beers are real or keg can simply be solved by calling them Craft Cask and Craft Keg. Didn't we coin a phrase, Crask? Cross sold it all, you only need one label, him. Exactly, yeah. Uh, the cask beers, oh, and both of those were, were in speech marks as well. Craft cask and craft keg. Because it's got the word in, craft. Yeah. Uh, the cask beers going through secondary fermentation in the pub cellar and served at a cellar temperature of around 13 degrees Celsius. Keg beers being pasteurised in the brewery and then served by gas and often chilled. This should modify those who do not want their beers gassy and cold and have campaigned for them for the last 40 years plus, such as me. And that's from Richard in Loughborough in Leicestershire. Um, so just wants to expand the word craft to include everything. Well, but isn't this part of, part, always been part of the argument that actually cask is the pinnacle of a brewer's craft, being able to produce a good cask beer? 
And does this not therefore come back full circle to there needs to be a de- does there need to be a definition of craft beer? And think, if so, does it need to have speech marks? Oh, I think definitely needs to have definitely speech marks. I think they should probably double up on the speech marks. There's but, not enough or, speech marks being used. Or can you solve it with our now trademark term, crask? Crask. Which, which just <laughs> about should, covers everything. Maybe I should write a letter into camera and see if I can get crask I, printed. I, you so should. <laughs> I, I think we need... That, that needs to be what we have to do. We have to get a letter on that page featuring the word crask. <laughs> Because I think that that will be it. Um, anyway, are we done with the? We're definitely we're done, done, we're done, we're done, done, we're done with the letters there. Bit bit of bit of fun there as, as always. <laughs> uh, um, camera's expense, uh, mate. You've finished your beer. I have finished my beer. I've been having the cheese with it as well. But the cheese is making it go down a lot oh, quicker. Cheese just goes so well with it. All 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 four of the cheeses go well with this beer. It's amazing. It's an amazing beer. I've, I've just finished off mine. And um, I need to say thanks because you're sharing your one bottle. I, I, think, I, I think you're a bit of a nutter for doing it. No, I... Yes and no. <laughs> um, when I read the description on that bottle, I was like, what have I done Why am I sharing here? this? I should be sat on my own in the middle of winter in a dark room drinking this to myself. Um, but, thankfully, it's still in a big... 500ml Thornbridge bottle so we've actually both got quite a decent pour off of that we have indeed so while I'm thinking about trying to wrestle the next bottle open opinions 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 so this week we asked um, to sort of fit in a little bit with the theme of the beers that we were going to drink tonight uh, we asked the question have you ever had a one-off or a discontinued beer that you wish you could have again um, yes or no and it's, it's fair to say before this question we tried a slightly different version of the question without a poll and nobody responded so so clearly people like the polls uh, I think that's what that tells us um, but we had uh, 209 votes this, this week. A, a fairly small number of votes, but lots and lots of comments, which is what we wanted. Yeah, it's, for, it's the engagement. Yeah. I mean, the, the polls, anyone, you know, we like looking at numbers. We like, we like stats. That's fantastic. But it's the comments which we get, which is really what we enjoy reading, isn't it? Yeah. And, and we've had some great comments this week, uh, which we're going to go through first. Um, before we get on to kind of what our beers are that maybe we're never going to have again. Um, just before we do that, we are going to talk about the beer that, that you're currently pouring yeah. in, into glasses. So up. I'm pouring uh, from Brooklyn. It is Cloaking Device, 100% Brett fermented Porter Asian French Oak Red Wine Barrels. This comes in at 10.5% and it's a... Uh, because it's ten and a half percent, obviously they need to put it in a seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle. Obviously, because you need more of a high ABV beer. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, at first a Brooklyn cloaking device's true nature is hidden. All at once, there comes a wave of Brett-driven earthy aroma. So let's see what. So, so it's going to have a little bit of funk to it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, um, let's, let's see how because I won't read all the description yet because I think the first bit we'd probably be expecting anyway. It might buy us our views a little bit, and we'll just say at this point that Brooklyn sent us this beer. Yep. As as, as well to try along with a whole other load of swag, uh, which we're fairly grateful for. Um, but actually, the timing of it couldn't have been better because this is a fairly limited release. Yes, and works so. perfectly. And I think it's uh, the way we've positioned it is that you know we have another 
fairly much rare one-off coming up from Formbridge. This one in the middle we thought would work quite well. Yeah, as a, a bit of a counterpoint to cleanser yeah. as, as, as uh, well. But, so. you know, 10.5% cleanser, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Well, what could go wrong? Better than Jack Hammer Chasers. <laughs> it's definitely got the funky bit on the nose, but very soft. It's funky on the nose, and then straight away what you get on the flavour is you, you get a hint of that funk and a hint of sour, but straight away that's almost washed away with kind of dark fruits. It's it's the fruit which comes through for yeah. me you're not getting all I'm not really getting the chocolate or the roasted malt at the moment but that funkiness gives way straight away yeah, like you say Black Frost Gatto type yeah fruits. absolutely that's what I'm getting right now yeah and it, again this feels like because it's breaded this has got a little bit more life going on it there's well a lot well. of life in there um, it's got like that really tight bubbles again yeah like you'd expect from a, a quality Belgian beer like say the, the Marriage Parfait for example yeah yeah um but the fact that it comes in a dark beer, as 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 well, I think, I, I think I'm I'm slightly less sour adverse when it's a darker beer, because I'm I, I like the dark beers. Yeah, you're already starting off from I like dark beers. Also, I think the power of the dark flavors, the roasted malts, the chocolate, for you as well, especially, will balance out some of the 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 funky, more Belgiumy, yeasty qualities. Mm. Right? you're not such a fan of. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to slowly making yeah. our way and through And I'll say a little bit more about the description on the back, but the, the initial bit they've said, that's definitely there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, so, so let's get into to, to some of this stuff that uh, people fed back this week. So there, there were over... I, I, I couldn't count them all in the end. There, was, there were well over 70 different beers mentioned in, in, in the comments that, that we got mean, back from You from haven't people. counted all? What have we got here for? If you're not going to count them all and list them, where's my list? There's only so much oh. time in a day in, in between putting the poll live and, and recording the show. Dreadful. Uh, <laughs> so, um, there was a lot of different beers mentioned. Just just as a bit of a summary, there, there were a couple of trends. That, yeah, that, that there was definitely, wasn't there? Straight away. One, one of those that were um, collabs featured really highly in this yep. and in particular one-off collabs um, that maybe have then been rebrewed but weren't quite as good and, and the one that was mentioned a few times um, and, and this was from Jamie H at Merchant of Shite just because I love Jamie's handle <laughs> I, I want to say that every week Merchant of Shite um, said to be fair Dark Star Brew um, and Magic Rock uh, brewed a beer called Rockstar American Brown Ale the first time round and it was glorious. However, the Dark Star only re-brews haven't been quite as good. So, but there was a lot of comments in that sort of vein that uh, a lot of collabs and that maybe one-offs and then they tried to rebrew them and they weren't well, quite didn't quite as, hit the same yeah. mark. Um, and the other the, the other real trend that came through was there was a lot of reference to Colonel beers. Yeah. As, as well, which I think we know probably inevitable that, and in particular, the one that came up time and time again was with Double, Double Citra, Citra, which I think was a couple of years ago yeah. now, hasn't been seen since. And I, I remember that was probably the first case of what I can remember being kind of Twitter FOMO of people losing their shit over a beer and trying to get that beer again. Well, I mean, this, I mean, this, this poll and this question played quite well to a colonel because they don't set out necessarily to do it deliberately. But if anyone who's ever tried to find one of their beers on Untapped, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you can't find it by title, so you think, okay, hops, find the hops. Oh, found the title, 
and the ABV is different. It's hardly ever exactly the same beer. Mm. Um, so I can see why that plays, but the double citra definitely got more than one comment. I'm not even sure I've had it myself, but the more I the more I saw about it, the more I wanted it. Yeah, Ho- hopefully well, it'll come it's back. It's citra, love and it. It's double, and it's double, and it's kernel. Ticks every box. <laughs> Ticks the boxes yeah. for me. I want that in a 500 mil. I don't, yeah, want, it, I don't I want, want that in 330. Fuck 500 mils. I want it in one of their big bottles <laughs> that they do for their saisons and, and, and stuff. Um, the other one that was uh, literally blew away the responses um, was the uh, Magic Rock Cloudwater, JW Lee's Threes Company. Yeah, I saw which, I did notice that. Which, yeah, I thought you might. So, <laughs> um, And, and the, the, the list of mentions here was Brett Preston at Brett and Beer. Jay at Stricker 66, Son of a Gun at Son of a Gun, Phil PE at Phil, e. Elliot, Phil Elliott, Andrew Clark at Burnham, um, uh, Tim Hickford at T underscore Hickford, Paul Brilly at The Real Bryman, and Sean Paul at Sean Paul. Um, every one of those people saying that that beer was just stunning. Um, yeah. You're not going to disagree with that, are you? <laughs> no. That was your beer of the year. That was year my beer of the year when I did Golden Pines last year. Yeah. Um, and again, I read it and it just brought it all back to me saying, I don't know why we can't have the chance to have that beer again because it was so brilliant. And it was it was, it was everything I wanted out of a beer. Everything I wanted out of a beer. It was, and it was just before the tide turned and everything turned to murk. Yes. It was a little bit hazy, which, which was fine. But a really, really fine then, haze. Yeah. And, and really then, fine haze. And then everything yeah. just went. It sort of, it was like basically the sweet spot between, you know, new kids on the block, Cloudwater, the guys who are now sort of like maybe teenagers with Magic Rock, and you had your old hand with JW Lee's. Now, JW Lee's yeast must be lending something somewhere because Cloudwater have carried on using various strains of yeah. that, haven't they? They have, yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, that was. Fantastic beer. I can't disagree with any of those eight mentions at all because I thought that was a brilliant beer last year. And while we're talking Cloudwater, another one that came up time and time again, or what I say time and time again, three times, uh, people mentioned the, the version three of the Dipper uh, as, as well. So uh, Michael McCall at Lebowski 49 was the first beer that I thought, wow, with. So that, uh, Mark H123 at underscore Mark H. Uh, Cloudwater Dipper version three never bettered in my honest opinion. So, um, well, while, we're, while we're talking about those, I mean, I'm going to sort of throw in two things. One, the Dipper 3 was, yes, is probably my favourite. However, Dipper version 2 is my highest rated. I never had Dipper version 1. Yeah. So, Dipper version 2 was the first one. That was a bottle you picked up for me and um, you were down locally in my bit of Colchester at the time and you gave me this bottle which is all wrapped up and I couldn't wait to get home to have this to have this bottle and that was before the hype about the whole dipper versions had really kicked in which I think kicked in more with version 3 onwards I, I think version 3 was what kick started it yeah because everyone lost their shit yeah. of that beer and you know I've gone on record before to say that I thought it was the best one. You said that quite quite more than once, and I would. But then I go it. back through my Untapped, and I think I rated four, six, and eight higher. Yeah, which is weird, <laughs> isn't it? Because I mean, I, I I think Dipper version two I really loved, um, and if this poll had had a slightly different question, it'd be like, I can't have. I I, I never got the chance to even try Dipper version one, so V two was my first iteration of it. So you haven't that original benchmark. I haven't yeah, got the original yeah. benchmark, but. 
version two is the highest rated one I've got on tap. Yeah. Even though I think in my head the version three was the better one. Well, like I say, I think it's it, it's the one that kind of became the the pinnacle of that series that all others were then measured against. I, I would say that most people measured it against version three as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was a few others that that were, were mentioned at least twice. Um, interesting one: the breweries that came up time and time again on this poll was Siren. For uh, there was a lot of comments about Siren beers. Uh, two in particular was Tickle Monster and Ten Dollar Shake. Um, Tickle Monster was their double mango IPA, uh, and Ten Dollar Shake was I think it was what they the beer that they did with Brewdog for one of the collaborations um, and again that was a milkshake IPA type thing um, but interesting that Siren just kept coming up again and again in, in, in people's and, it, and even Siren picked up on that on Twitter today and they were like we're getting a lot of mentions here <laughs> um, so it, it shows how again I suppose it goes back to that show that we did yeah. earlier on in the season about Siren they produce a lot of beers that people kind of forget yeah the amount of beers that they produce and how good they are in a fairly short space of time as yeah. well but they've done yeah and generally fairly they're right they're very consistent is what they turn out as well yes i think a- absolutely and um, again that's the key isn't it consistency yeah I, I i trust siren yeah i trust siren so if i see a siren beer on tap bottle at a beer festival i might not even check to see what it is if it's the only one there, I might think, well, I'm probably going to like it anyway. Yeah. Well, I'll go for it. So I can see why. I mean, these are obviously, you know, Tickle Monster and Ten Dollar Shake were obviously, you know, specials of some kind. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that's good, though, because, they're, again, they're one of the people who I, one of the brewers I think sometimes get overlooked. Absolutely. Not very noisy. They're not very noisy. They just do a good beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, before we get into some of the comments, uh, that, that's yeah. kind of the overview of what people were saying. Uh, and some of the, the, the trends and themes it picked up. We've got some comments to get into. Um, the beer, how, how are you finding it? I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I think that whole initial funkiness is starting to... It's gone. It's gone. You have to look for it a bit more. Um, it's a very easy drink. It's, it's almost... Do I feel like it's still a... It's more fruit now than, than the funk it's, on the nose. Now, I, I know because I've... I had a brief read of the description. This has been aged in red wine barrels. Oh, I, I shall. Uh, I shall. And, and I, I am definitely. I am getting that on the nose. Um, so, all at once, there comes a wave of brett-driven earthy aroma, a thrilling rush of roast malt, which I haven't had yet. Chocolate and deep forest, definitely getting the uh, mm. like the forest fruits kind of thing, and the powerful murmur of elegant French oak barrels. I mean, it's definitely got um, a bit of a, 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 a vinous feel to it, um, uh, you know, as if you're having a nice red wine. That oak, mm. I think, is adding to the dryness at the end as well. Uh, suddenly, a beautiful dry finish cuts through the funk and leaves you wondering how we got the drop on you. Uh, deploy the cloaking device and enjoy the element of surprise. It is really, again, the combination of flavours and aromas and what's going on in here is amazing. It, it is fruit, incredible. The, it's the fruitiness which I yeah. think is blowing me away on this beer because I've had dark beers before which have those slight, you know sort of elements of the dark fruits of the forest and you know the the black, black forest gatto and stuff. But 
this is the smoothest version I think I've had of something like that. Well, like I say, for me, I, I always bulk at the word Brit and funk and everything yeah, like yeah. that because I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to get exactly what I don't want from a beer. Um, and, and yes, it's there on the nose um, and it's there on the initial taste. But that description is spot on. In, in terms of that disappears, then all of a sudden, all of these other flavours come washing through. And you're just like, wow, where did all that come from? It's, it's been used as part of it. It's not been used as the overriding flavour and aroma, has it? The Brett is there. And I think, as we know from people who talk about recipes from 100 years ago, nearly all beers had an element of Brett yeah, yeah. in them. But they can't all have tasted of that overt funky farmyard style otherwise people in my mind would have stopped drinking beer because he wouldn't have been able to handle it all the time absolutely yeah whereas this has just got hints of it at the start you know it's there but if someone had passed that to you maybe five minutes after they've opened it would have taken a little while to, to, to hunt it down I think I think, glass. So. Yeah. I, I think it's wonderful though. and again I know I'm repeating myself it's ten and a half percent and we've just got another glass out of it yeah not feeling ten and a half percent. Strap yourself in, folks. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so, some of the comments we got this week. Uh, Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert. Imagine going back and having your craft awakening beer again with no prior experience, but knowing that it was the start of your journey. Because he did a follow-up comment, didn't he? Yeah. Saying, "Does everyone have a craft beer moment?" I think we'll save that one. We, we, we might that that might be a show in itself for next season. Maybe so, we could get involved, Miles. Maybe let's let's come back to that one. I think um, the Littlest Home Brew at Littlest Home Brew B R W. Uh, I'd like to retry some of the stuff I gave a five to on Untapped in my early craft beer discovery days. In the context of what I've had since, then goes on to talk about beers um, like Beaver Town's Uzilla Phantom, Nogano's Citrus Hystrix, and Siren Tools Tendo. Ten to discount. Um, that's interesting, actually, because what, and th- and this comment really did resonate with me because I went through Untapped um, this week to get my list of beers that I want to talk about, and I used the filters. I, I downloaded the spreadsheet and used the filters in terms of what beers did I give a five to when did I give it and 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 then started deleting beers off. So it's obviously. And, and uh, were they one-offs? So obviously I, I then deleted off all of the Cannonballs. All and, of the Axe Edge. And, and the Halcyon. <laughs> that, that, they, that they all went. Um, but then I was noticing that there were some beers on there that got a five in, in the early days. So I may have once given Hobgoblin a five. On Sh- okay, well, tapped. nice speaking to you folks. The show's done. We're over. It's, it's me. Um, but then I went on to look at some of the other beers that I'd given fives to, and I was like, yeah, maybe if I was to revisit those now. Yeah, but I think when we spoke about Untapped, when we did the uh, Untapped double double header with being Omicron, there was also a large element of the the beer is of the moment. You rate where are you when you're as drinking of the moment. Yeah. So you can expand that to now. Where were you on your beer journey? Yes, absolutely. You know. Um, Hobgoblin, you already said, features or did at least feature until recently in your top 10 because it was. I've been trying hard to get it out. Yeah, but it's very, it was always very easy to get hold of. Hobgoblin, especially in supermarkets. Yeah. 
Um, and I know that even um, going to Butlins once a year with the guys, once I had decided that there's only so much Guinness one person can down in three nights, I did discover that Hobgob they had Hobgoblin in bottles. And I was quite excited about that. And I was part of the way, fairly decent way into my journey, but I was still excited to see yeah. a Hobgoblin, partly based on what else was available. But I probably would have rated it, if I look back, that would have been the highest rating he probably got, would have been that date, on that weekend, in that moment, because of all the other shit. Because of where you were at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I had to drink. So I think, you know, but I, I do like the idea about going back and if you can get hold of the beers that you've given a five to, some of them you might not be able to get hold of, yeah. what you would do now. But I think it's it's definitely of a moment. Absolutely. And, and again, no, it, for, for me, it just goes to show the versatility of untapped in terms of it, it's more than just the rating system because I was able to go in and I was able to download my entire check-in history. No, it's not because you don't check in every beer. No, I, I don't, but I, I check in... I suppose in terms of where what we're talking about tonight, I would check in what I you're know is a one-off. You're definitely checking your unique. Yeah, abs- your unique a- absolutely. I think part of the fun of it is just seeing how I rate a beer three years down the road. Well, I, I actually might do based on that. I might do a little bit while while, while we're off, while we're having our summer break. I, I might do a little bit of analysis on Untapped in terms of my hobgoblin journey to see how the <laughs> ratings. See, first of all, where I was when I rated it a five. Yeah. And maybe even go and buy a bottle of it now and see what I'd rate it at now and and do some sort of graph or chart or something. I don't know. Probably will never happen. So and uh, I reckon you'll have a look. I, I, I might I reckon do. You'll have a look. Now, now I've said it, it's going to happen. Plus, you you're, you're going away later in, the, later in August. You may end up in the type of place where you could end up being able to get hold of Hobgoblin. I think so. I think that's more than likely. Anyway, let's get let's get back into these comments. So, uh, Sean Smith at Plim Sean. Uh, unsurprisingly, for, for people that have listened to the show before, uh, Sean says uh, can only be Siren and Michaela's Daydream, which which we know Sean bought the entire UK supply of when it was available. It's not so the first time he's done that either. It, it's not. So, if people didn't manage to get hold of that, that's the Sean. reason why. But it was a great beer. I must admit, I enjoyed that beer. Um, and again, and the next one's unsurprising as well. I was expecting at least one person to say it. Uh, congratulations, Peter Sidwell. It was you, Punk IPA, around 2012. Now, I had Punk IPA around about 2012. Oh, really? Uh, but in bottle. Mm. Now, I don't. so I don't know how that compares because I must have had it before that because when me and Clayton did our first in-the-house beer festival, so the first couple of beer events, we'd had... Um, Jeff Evans come in, well-known beer writer, does the bottled beer section in um, beer quality publication that comes with What's Brewing, uh, done numerous beer books. I got him to come in, so it's quite formal, get it kicked off, all that kind of thing. Then we did our first beer festival where we just chose beers. And we had the 660 Bombers of Punk IPA. And it was the beer of the festival based on the fact that either people loved it or people hated it. Um, so it was really that divisive oh yeah there, there was, was no, no middle ground there was no middle ground on it um, so that must have been around about the 2012 but ironically when I was thinking about this whole subject again it was a beer I, I haven't had but wish I'd had which is Punk IPA on cask which I think a lot of people mentioned on one of the polls that we did a few yeah. weeks ago I can't remember which one exactly but a lot of people were saying 
about punk on cars. Yeah. Um, and I've never had the chance, and it will probably take quite a, a cold day in hell for me to ever have that option again. Um, so yeah, I have had punk tw- circa 2012, but I don't know if it was the same in the bottle as someone as he experienced it on, mm. the, on the keg. But I would have loved to have tried the cast version. I think we all would. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. You, you know, we would all love to have tried cast punk IPA. Yeah. Unless they bring it back as a one-off special for something you're never going to get to. No. Which be, is kind of, again, is the theme of tonight's show. Yeah, but they'll bring it back as the live oh, version. Don't, 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 don't. No, 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 no. Moving on. Uh, so, and, and this next one's really interesting. Uh, talking about beers coming back that we've seen before. Ben Lockwood at Loco1912. The cast collaboration herbalist from Magic Rock and Adnams. A stunning hoppy saison. He said he, he wrote happy, but I'm guessing he meant hoppy. Um, <laughs> I reckon spell check kicked in. Thankfully, it's making a return in six weeks. Now, this is the first I've heard. The first I've heard of that. Of, of the herbalist coming back. Yeah. So, I mean, we keep pretty close tabs on Adams ourselves, and you do definitely on Magic Rock as well. Yeah. And I haven't seen it. I mean, did you did you try it before? I did, yeah. I mean, I, I, I tried it on cask at the East Anglia Beer Festival a few years ago, and I was really wanting to love it because it had Magic Rock and it had Adams. Yeah. And I didn't. I went to, because they launched it at the Pelt Trader, and I went to the launch event. So I had it on day one release of it and I really enjoyed it. I didn't, for, for me, it wasn't overly saison-y. So I, I was quite happy to drink it. <laughs> um, I, I suppose I suppose you could say it was it was a cask saison because I, I, think, I, think, I, I think it was a cask beer. Um, yeah, it was cask. Yeah, and, and that, the, the caskness brought more maltiness into it which kind of took away from some of the funk sort of overshadowed yeah maybe some of the bits you're not such a big fan of yeah um but well, i'd love to try it again the second time around i, I wouldn't if it's coming back I, that's great still no um, sign of my magic timmy collaboration is it no I, i'm not that, that didn't even really get going didn't it did try it? again we, try again yeah hashtag magic timmy uh, if you really want to see uh, Magic Rock and Timmy Taylor's, who collab. doesn't? Come on. <laughs> um, so while we're talking uh, cask collabs uh, and just cask in general, Ian Sutton at Ian Sutton Twelve, Thwaites Wainwright pre Marsdens. It is different and poorer, no matter what they both say. So that bit and, was in brackets, and yeah. is was in capitals because obviously he was emphasising the bit where as soon as a brewery changes hands or moves premises. We all say it used to be better. Yep. So he's emphasising, he's going, it was better. It, it was, was different. Yeah. Uh, and Boddington's bitter on cask. You see, I don't know if I ever had Boddington's proper. I had, uh, I used to drink a lot of bodies about 15 years ago. So presumably that would have been bodies on cask. Pre- no, it was, it was like smooth, smooth flow. flow. So I, I, but I still think that was pre, that was when they were still. Boddington's producing beer. It's right. still in the, the days of Melanie Sykes. Do you want a flake with that? Yeah, yeah, it was still back then. Um, but yeah, it would be... I mean, that's an interesting one in terms of beers changing as, as well from... Again, it's that the first iteration of it was amazing and subsequently re-brews haven't been 
Well, that's been, good. That's been levelled at a number. But I mean, Youngs have had that since, ever since they sold up and left Wandsworth, haven't they? Over by Charles Wells. Now Charles yeah. Wells have sold it as well. So, and it, well, ironically, to Marston's. So, you know, people have said that since March, since uh, Youngs moved on. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can, I can definitely go with that one because the I, I haven't, I don't think I've ever had. No, I can remember Boddington's bitter on cask. I'm same as you. I've definitely had it on smooth flow. Yeah, I've, not, I've never days. had it on cars. Um, Thwaites, Wainwright, I don't know when Thwaites, Wainwright became non-Thwaites, so I couldn't tell you. But I think I've only had Wainwright out of the bottle anyway. Yeah. But while, 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 we're, while we're kind of skirting around, again, the beers being different from their first iterations, this next comment uh, was an interesting one for me. So Nathaniel Fisher at Fan Nappy. Uh, a restorative beverage for invalids and convalescents by Brewdog. Now, I thought the first version of that was fucking amazing. It was one of the best beers that I drank that year when when that beer was released. When, when did it, it? When did it first come out? Two years ago, so 2015. I think my first iteration may have been and, last year, and it was in bottle. I had it in can. It came back in can last year, and it wasn't a touch on that first year. When, when it was released. So something had changed in, in the process there. Speaking of Brewdog, none of the Born to Die came up, did it? I know they had different iterations, but um, like, it's not like someone said the first Born to Die or anything. No, but someone did mention Stone's Drink By. Oh, okay. Which is Born to Die. Or Enjoy By, on, isn't it? Not Drink By, Enjoy By, yeah. Yeah. Um, so two two more comments, and, and then, then then we'll get into our our views on this. Um, uh, the owl lady at the owl lady. Only recently, I've got my second and final cow of white cell in in the fridge. Nice linking into last week's show. Uh, scared to open it because it won't happen again. Although following that comment, Time and Tide Kim did come back and say, "Be careful what you wish for." Um, but have generally been underwhelmed by limited releases. Releases all hashtag FOMO and no trousers. <laughs> Rainbow Project case in point. Now, okay. are you going to leap in straight away, or should I have it? Let you pause for breath. Let me pause for breath and compose myself and enjoy a little bit more of this beer. Okay, so I mean, obviously, the White Cell is the the beer we did last week from uh, Time and Tide and Weird Beard. Um, Ale lady, open it. Yeah, drink it. Even if they don't do it again, right now it is tasting amazing. Um, generally underwhelmed by limited releases I can understand where she's coming from because again harking back to one of the live shows that you did with Mark on the Beer O'Clock show did about you know the whole thing at FOMO about collaborations and limited releases and did it did the hype exceed and a lot of the time it did um, you know but I what I would say since then I would say a lot of collaborations have stepped up um, I think collaborations have got better in a lot of a lot of cases. Um, however, the Rainbow Project is something that I've never really been able to get excited about myself. What say you? Uh, well, well, actually, I'm not. I'm not going to rage on it because I've, I've I've mentioned it before. I've I've never got excited about the Rainbow Project because with. I have a lot of respect for the breweries that are involved in that, but I think it's nothing more than a vanity project. Um, and from what I generally see on Twitter every year is very much divided opinion between these beers are great, but the only reason they're great is because it's by these two breweries versus, well, that's a bit shit, really, what they've produced. 
there's nothing which because you, you can buy the cases yeah nothing has made me want to rush out and buy them no I don't, and I think the only one if, if you look back over all of the years of the Rainbow Project the only beer that has come back time and time again has been the Hawkshead one the Key Lime Tau mm-hmm. which is which was on it had its third annual release this year so that in itself would say that actually that was that was one success yeah of, of that but on the whole I, I don't I don't buy into the Rainbow Project I don't get excited by it I, I, I do think it's a it, it's a vanity project on on the collabs point I, I did find myself getting very angry this weekend over a particular brewery advertising on their website that they would be selling an exclusive internet collaboration what the fuck's that? Uh, I don't I mean know. is that Gypsy Brewing by Virtual? I, I'm I'm not sure, and I, and I was like, really, you're now just using that as a as, as a sales point that that you're advertising that you've done this collab with this brewery in America via the internet. Oh, that's rubbish! Surely that's no. Yeah, so so I did get quite angry about that, and a lot of people thought I was talking. I just want to clear this out. A lot of people thought I was talking about the Honest Brew Northern Monk collab, and it wasn't that one. And I'm going to be honest; it was Cloud Water advertising that they had done an internet collab with the other half, who they've been collabing with in person, but they've now done this collab that was an internet collab. But they felt the need to market it as such on their website, and I don't know why it needed that. Hmm. Not fussed about that. No, I'm not. Um, so, final comment uh, from from everyone this week. Um, oh, no, actually, there's two more comments. So, sorry. Um, Gareth at Barrel Aged Leeds um, listed a whole load of beers. Uh, so, Brooklyn Monster, Brewery, Fruit, Magic Rock the Juggler. And, and I'm sure with this last point, he's literally just poking a stick <laughs> at a bear. Yeah, and I wonder which one of us he's directing this next beer at, Steve. And the secret white wine barrel-aged cannonball you can only get on Leap Day at the tap. Oh, now where is that at? That oh. doesn't exist. I, I don't <laughs> believe that beer actually exists. I think he's just poking me with a stick. <laughs> um, and then the final comment was from, um, and I think this is brilliant, and this yep. does sum it up perfectly, Mark Bailey at Uproar 13, the first one. Which you can't you can't argue with that, can you? Well, you turn it around to films, you can. You, you can, but you, you know. So lots of great comments from from people this week, and we're really grateful for everyone getting involved. Some great shouts from different beers, though. Not just this week, but through the whole season. You, you know, people have got involved in in the polls, and they've shared their views, they've shared their opinions, and it's it's what makes this show what it is. Because without these views, we don't have our main part of the show. All you get is me and you talking about what we've been drinking, a bit of news, and and then oh god, yeah, I what mean, picture do we like on Instagram? This is for me. This is the best bit. Yeah, because I mean, especially um, trying to keep keep up on a Sunday night and doing it down a Monday, when I when we get it all pulled together by the end of the day, you know, reading through this day, there's like a whole load of beers now which I didn't know existed, and now I know they might not exist again, and you've just all listed them for me. <laughs> It's the FOMO tingling. <laughs> yeah, now the FOMO senses tingling. Now, now I really want to taste a whole load of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the numbers on the poll are less important to me than the actual, um, the, 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 the quantifiable comments we get. And I love reading the comments, and mm. especially when people take a bit of time to expand on it as well. It's, it's great. It's great that people get involved. Yeah, and and it's it's what makes this show what it is. Is is that listener engagement? Yeah. Without our listeners, 
really engaging in, in what we do, we're, we're stuck. You'd, you'd only have a half hour show. You, you would. So it's really only your own fault. Yeah, yes, it's your own fault that we hang on and on. Um, right, let's, should we finish off this bit? Yeah, finish off the bit. There's still one more to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, brilliant. This, I mean, again, we've, we've demolished quite a lot of the cheese I'd, I'd, I'd sliced up for us. To, this beer especially seems to be going really well with the cheese. This beer is, and w- without a doubt, getting better as it warms as yeah. well. You're getting, I'm getting a little bit more... Getting a little bit more chocolate, a little bit more roasted towards the end of it. Almost a little bit of a Black Forest Gatto coming through at, at the end there. I'm getting more of that barrel now, that oak barrel towards the end. And the fruit is still there. The fruit is front and centre for me on this beer. Fruit is front and centre and it's bloody delicious for that. Yeah, I um, mean, it's really tasty stuff. Yeah, I, I would quite happily stand, I would quite happily have this beer if I was doing another beer and wine tasting at work and this was available, six of these. I would stand this up against a red wine quite happily. Yeah. Without without having to worry about it. So, yeah, and I've got to say once again, many thanks to Brooklyn for sending this over to us to, to, to try as part of this week's show. Um, but really, if you see this, do not pass it by because it is really one of those once, maybe once in a lifetime beers. Would you age it? I think, now you, could, that you've I, I think it. you could age it. Do you think the bread would fall away a little bit and you'd miss out on that initial... Well, it, it comes back to something you said earlier in terms of the heritage beers and, and the bread in the heritage beers being used to help age them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it, if it would fall away. Because... Or if it would continue to almost eat itself. Yeah, maybe because it's so well ingrained in the beer that it would, it would still hang around. Yeah, hard to know really with that one. It would be a great experiment to do to come back to it in a year's yeah. time to see exactly the same iteration bottled at the yeah. same time. Yeah, do, does it work? Um, so while you're pouring us our third and final beer uh, this evening, which we'll explain to the listeners what it is at the moment, um, we've obviously got our lists of, of of beers now. I know the question was which one beer. I, I I couldn't have one beer. I, um, I ended up with a list of about 12. Unsurprising, nor could I. <laughs> so, okay, I'm, I'm going to hit off first. The, Go on, the beer I would really, really... There's two beers I'd really love to try again. Both okay, them, am I going to get upset by one of them? You might do. But both of them are cask. Oh, in that case, no. Because for a minute, I, I would have put money on you saying that fucking beer that Justin bought to bottle share and I wasn't there. No, that's not on the list. But really? I, did, I did notice. Um, well, I don't know if that's a one-off because I did look at the website. And they make uh, a lot of them the okay. same. But I noticed that Gareth at Barrel AG did say brewery through it, and I almost mentioned <laughs> brewery beer again. But no, it's not. Um, I would love, my, I, as far as in my head, my first pint of cast beer was at the Ipswich Beer Festival in 1987. However, I have no idea what that beer was. Really. No idea what that because beer untapped didn't exist. Because untapped didn't exist, and there we go. I was untapped, ladies and gentlemen. I was taken there by older older guys at work who had a planned mission, and I was just along for the ride. And I have no idea what that first that I have no idea what that first pint of cast was. So I'd love to have that beer again and know what. But it you was. can never go back to that moment. No, um, and the other one is Tetley's on cask. So reiterating Ian Sutton's Boddington's Bitter on Cask, 
Tetley's was the first cast beer I drank regularly. And you, you've said that many times yeah. before as well, haven't you? Um, when I was part of a pub quiz team, a few of the pubs in Ipswich who weren't uh, dominated by Tolly Cobbled at the time, the owners of Ipswich Town Football Club, Tetley's on cask, and it worked beautifully for me. I loved I, I could just carry on drinking that. Whether I answered any questions, I can't remember, but I definitely enjoyed the drink in the Tetley's cask beer. Mm. So my the first two beers on my list would be cast beers one I've got no idea what it was and the other one is Tetley's early 1990s okay so in, in that terms as, as a counterpoint if we're, if we're going to go with um, kind of uh, I suppose beers of the moment the, the, the two that I would counter that with was one for me was an Adnams beer called East Green which which they only produced as, as a limited run was that when they first uh, reopened and they were doing the whole uh, zero carbon. Yes, it, it was, and it was to celebrate the zero, the, the new bottles that they had that yeah. were light, more light, percent yeah. less glass. And it was a beer that I absolutely loved it, and it was amazing. And I think I think it might have been just slightly pre-untapped for me, but it was one of those beers that is, is a real standout moment in my mind in terms of I remember hunting that beer down. That was the first beer I, I hunted it down in bottle because I wanted to drink as much of it as I could get my hands on. So that's that that's my first one. And it was the only time they did it as well, wasn't and, it? And there, 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 no plans to bring it back. No, and I've tried badgering Fergus <laughs> about it, and he was like, no, it's, it's not it's happening. It's not happening. Um, but now Ed's there. I might try badgering Ed for a bit. Um, and the other one, in, in a similar sort of vein, and this, this goes back to my very first visit to the uh, Great British Beer Festival, was um, I got very excited to hear that one of the breweries had a 9% barrel-aged beer going live at 6 o'clock. So got in a queue for it and um, got a couple of thirds of this beer, only to find out it was the, uh, the, the Fuller's Brewers Reserve, number three. And it was just incredible. And it was my first taste of a barrel-aged beer. And I remember getting in that queue quite a few times after that. And I also remember I couldn't finish my last third of it. So I covered it in a tissue. I covered the glass in a tissue. And wrapped an elastic band around it and put it in my bag. And tried to get it home. <laughs> How successful was that? I'm very unsuccessful. Okay. Everything in the bag ended, bag ended up smelling like whiskey. It was, <laughs> it, it was brilliant, but you know they're the two that really stand out for me in, in terms of their beers that I'm never going to be able to enjoy again. So one's from, so they're both from traditional regional brewers. Yeah, yeah, not not from not from the craft. Yeah. So our starting point, it's, it's traditional regional yeah. brewers. Okay, so before we go any further, we should let's, let's taste this because yeah. it's settled a little bit. Cheers. So this is uh, our, our second Thornbridge beer. Yeah, so this is another one which is part of your big beery night um, auction uh, that you and Miles managed to get hold of. So this is the Imperial Oatmeal Stout. This comes in at 11%. Now straight away, it looks fantastic. It smells amazing. <laughs> I've, I've already had a good sup while you've been talking there. Um I mean that is oh! so good. That's brilliant. That is all sorts of smooth. Yeah. First and foremost, mouthfeel is lovely. Isn't it's it? thick. It's velvety. Um, I mean that is just 
That, that is stunning. So whereas the first two had a lot more of those layers going on. Now, I haven't read the back of this one at all yet. This one feels, and I might be wrong once I read it, a lot more straight down the line. Yeah. I think this is exactly what it says on the team. Yeah. It's bloody delicious right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So, so next up for me, and this isn't so much a beer I can't have, it's more a moment I can't recreate. Oh, pardon me. So, a little bit of an expansion on the theme of what we were talking about. But okay. I was just looking for, and also, Untapped doesn't really do a lot for me on this one because a lot of the beers I'm thinking about were pre-untapped, especially for me. Um, I've got a soft spot for a macro lager, one in particular, Amstel. Because in the early 90s, me and nine mates went to Rhodes for two weeks. And there was one afternoon where we found ourselves in, as far as I'm concerned, the shop which did the best kebab ever in my life. And we sat there eating kebab in the sunshine, drinking pints of Amstel in the afternoon sun. Probably not the best idea, to be fair. And ever since then, I've had a little bit of a love for Amstel. So Amstel, obviously, I can get hold of in numerous places but I can never recreate that little moment I had with my mates some of them I still see mm. most of us have got various uh, types of friendships on social media but we were all there all 10 of us were there in this kebab shop in a midweek afternoon so, so that's about a beer in the moment yeah which, which is great because I've got one of those as it, well that would have if I had an untapped then that would have been yeah. a five and and we, we've done no comparison. No, we haven't talked about this, this but this I, I've got one of those beers at the moment as well. And and for me, my one is um, the Cigar City Invasion Parallel, which when after the 10-hour the flight to the States last year and landing in, in the hot Florida evening, I found myself in a supermarket confronted by shelves of amazing beer bought that beer and drunk it and it was the greatest thing I'd ever tasted and no matter how many times I may have that beer in the future and you bought some back we did have it again and even if it gets bought over here as fresh as you like I'm never going to recreate that moment of cracking that can and drinking it and sitting down and being like fuck me basically it went down like a can of duffer for Homer Simpson didn't a- absolutely it? it was it was just it was just amazing and I, and, and I know we've said this a few times that sometimes the environment adds to the beer experience mm-hmm. but it's like you know I can well imagine you know having been having been to the States not Florida but you get off it's a long flight with the family you already knew that okay supermarket there's going to be something there yeah. there's going to be something because there. it's America it's America <laughs> I'm going to get this bit right. And then, you know, you see this parallel, ticks the box for you. Yeah. Cigar City, ticks the box. Because it's the local one. It's the one that's been recommended. Yeah. And then you take it home. It's cold and it's gone in two gulps. Yeah. It's how I imagine that happened. And then you reach for the second one. Yeah. But you can't recreate that first moment again. You're never going to recreate yeah, that Yeah, I think, I think it's a good joke. That's what, yeah. when I was going through in my head, it became that. It became, you know, not just so much those beers, which some of those one-offs are almost easier for me to list that I've had that either may exist still, but in some far out part of the world, but I was just lucky enough it came over on a one-off and I happened to be there and meet the brewer night or a tap takeover, but I'll never get that chance again. So it may still exist. 
But these, you know, the beers we've mentioned so far and a couple of moments, they won't happen again. No, no. I do, I do have a second one as well. You have a second actually, moment? Yeah. Um, first time I visited Buxton, I was with um, uh, Michael at H. Doody, and we, it was the first time I met Connor Murphy as well. And we, we ended up in the tap house, and there was this, uh, the, which I now know to be a key keg, sat in the fridge. And they were like, yeah, we're going to put that on soon. And I was like, well, what is it? And they was like, oh, it's very, very special. And I was like, well, yeah, but tell us what it is. And they was like, oh, it's a, it's a blend of two of our beers. And I was like, okay, what is it? And they was like, oh, yeah, it's a blend of um, Axe Edge and Black Rocks, which was, I think Black Rocks at the time was like a black IPA that they did. And Axe Edge obviously being their IPA. And we were literally like, oh, <laughs> when is that happening? And they were like, as soon as this beer finishes... We then proceeded to drain Buy all of that beer. That beer. <laughs> Unfortunately, and, and Connor will never forgive me for this, he had to get his train home before the fucking beer came on. <laughs> but it was it was it ended up being amazing. Uh it was just, just this kind of black and tan essentially. And uh, yeah, again a lot of the moment about it, but it's an experience that you're never gonna recreate because they've never recre- recreated that that beer. So you had to be there in that moment at that time to experience it. Yeah, so it wasn't, but also it wasn't like it was a tap takeover. It wasn't advertised. No, no, no. It, it you was, just happened to be yeah. in the Buxton the tap house to do. Yeah. at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Right time, right place. Yeah, I, I think that's brilliant. I, see that, I think that's almost even better than turning up at something where you've heard about it. It yeah. might happen. Yeah. You just happened to be there. And there's this amazing bit. I bet you kind of got home and thought, oh, I wish I'd missed my train. <laughs> yeah, I bet so. <laughs> um, so, so what, any, any more? Yeah. You've got a few more um, on your list, yeah. I have. I mean, obviously, a couple of ones I've mentioned with the Cloudwater Dipper, version one can't have, version two being the first one, and Freeze Company. So Cloudwater, despite maybe not having quite the love now, featured quite heavily on beers I would have either liked to have tried or revisited. Um Unhuman Cannonball, I never had the first iteration of that. And now I can't. That's, again, gone. Um, what Needs Red Barrel is the next one on my list. Really? Yeah. So is that because of its cult status? Yeah, it's simply because of its cult status. Because anyone who's any sort of immersed in, in camera... And I, you know, long-standing members, I've said many times before, Watney's Red Barrel is ubiquitous with the founding of camera. It was almost like the raising... It's the reason for, wasn't it? Raising for being. Um, And, you know, even when it it had a very brief cameo appearance in one of the episodes of Life on Mars once, it's like, oh, it's Watney's Red Barrel. And I'm thinking, I still haven't had Watney's Red Barrel. And we sold Watney's Party 7s in the off-licence. Obviously, I was obviously too young for that, let alone getting the opportunity to go to a pub and try the Red Barrel. I would love to try Watney's Red Barrel as it was then, you know, the keg bitter, just to know if it's as bad as everyone says it was, <laughs> yeah. compared to the bitters that were on offer in the, you know, the 50s and 60s. Because I only know what people say. I've got no idea. You've got no reference there. No you? reference yeah. point at all. I know what the pump clip looks like. I can picture the red barrel. Everything about it, apart from I've got no idea what it's going to taste like. 
that would be high up on the list of beers to try. Yeah. So, so it's an, an so again, yeah. a little bit off the theme because it's about one I, yeah. I can have again, but this is just one I would love to just try. Yeah, yeah, I can. I, I don't know whether I share the enthusiasm for it, but I could see the reason for wanting to do it. Yeah, it, it would almost be. Is everyone right about what they're saying? Yeah, yeah. On on the on the cloud water thing, though. I mean, again, on my list, I've got cloud water dipper version one bit because I I had that and it was again 2015 and I had it it was released in November so it was quite a late release but that ended up being my beer of the year for 2015 as well that's how good it was you know it was a late release but it went straight in and and again on that theme I also had an, and on the theme of what a lot of people said I also had three's company on, on my list in terms of it was a great beer and I don't think we'll ever see it again as it was created. No, I don't think we will. And I think that'd be year. a real shame because that, like for me, it ticks every beer box. Yeah. Everything I wanted the beer is in that, in that one beer. Yeah. Um, and, and while we're also on, on the, that, that trip, um, Magic Rock, I've got a couple of Magic Rock beers on my list, unsurprisingly. Uh, High Wire Citra, they did a Citra that they went through a phase of doing single hot versions of high wire now this wasn't for the thing that we went to uh, at the the cop which wasn't very good high wire citra was amazing you're about to make me cry the aroma off of it you could smell from the other side of the room Uh, and I had it in I was in the the old fountain they had it on and literally I was stood this side of the bar they're pouring it and I could smell it as they were pouring it it went in about four Okay, you, are, you are making me cry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, the other one was um, the Salty Kiss Lime version that, that they oh, did. That, that, that is actually on Untapped. That is still there on Untapped. Yeah, um, which was essentially like a beer version of tequila. And it was amazing. It was, And, and I travelled all the way to uh, some obscure bar in Clapham Junction to drink that beer. And they've said they're never going to do it again. They've said they're never going to do it again. Uh, And then the last one, this is probably... And I'm building up to my one beer now. Okay. That I've I've had, and I fear I'm never going to get to drink it again, was Magic Rock Strongman, which... Don't know that one. They... It was... So that in, in the year that they first produced Human Cannibal, Unhuman Cannibal, that was number one in their big bottle series number two was uh bald and barrel aged bearded lady and number three was strongman in in terms of their big bowls now as far as i can remember strongman was the same recipe or it might even have been a percentage of unhuman cannibal which was then aged to become a barley wine so it was it was essentially it was a magic rock barley wine I bought it in the year it was released and I drank it that Christmas. I am devastated I didn't have the knowledge to just leave that in my cupboard. Yeah, but did you enjoy it? I, it was fucking amazing. Well, there you go. So in that case, for you, you drank it at its peak. But un- unless Magic Rock have plans to ever bring back Strongman, I'm never going to get to try that beer again. Yeah, but sometimes I think you could just leave them. I mean, that goes back to the whole... Like no, thought, I want to try it again, goddamn. No, what I mean is that you enjoyed it there and then. Yeah. You could age it 
and by then you've tried more vintage ales, more barley wines, it may not hit the same mark. Maybe, because yeah, it was early on in the journey, so yeah. maybe it was the first time I'd experienced anything like that, but... I remember the first time I tried Fuller's 1999, two or three years ago, it was a Colonel cheese and beer thing. Um, I think it was, uh, I got an invite from Des Des Moines, done a couple of beer tastings of work for us, and said, do you want to come down for this? I said, yep. No idea what was going on. He just said, it's at Colonel. Yep, okay. It says, beer, it says cheese, it's at Colonel. Yeah. And um, Des shared um, a 1999 vintage ale from Fuller's, which I know you can still get a hold of, but effectively... It's it, going to cost you a couple of hundred quid. <laughs> it's going to cost you a lot of money to get a hold of it. And I thought it was just bloody amazing. Um, just there and then. But I also think vintage ales, when they're fresh, are, yeah. if they're well made... They're still good beers. I, I, I do enjoy, with the Fuller's beers in particular now, drinking them fresh. Trying to buy three. Yeah. And, and, and I, I buy one to drink now, one to drink a year after, which it becomes, it's becoming our traditional yeah. Christmas show. And then one and then one further down the line. Whenever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, so have you got the one beer? Well, I the, suppose the one beer for me, I mean, it's, like I said, as much as I want to do those couple of beers on cask, it would be the Freeze Company. Again? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to have a case of freshly brewed Freeze Company in the house right now. I would just put it all in the fridge. Do you want it in bottles or cans? Bottles. Definitely in bottles. I used to like the cold water bottles. The labelling was nice. Yeah. Especially that, and that one had the little magic rock bit on the background as well. That, that label was beautiful. Yeah. Because it was a coming together of, like you say, the established craft brewery. Yeah. And the new upstarts. Yeah. And the artwork mirrored that as well. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, I, th- I think we've about done that. Yeah, definitely. We? But it's really enjoyable, actually. And, um, you know, I know I we both expanded it a little bit with the, the moment we had the beer as well. Um, very enjoyable look back, actually, at some of the beers I've had in the past and some of the beers yeah. I had long time ago. I enjoyed that. I could very much dig into my untapped history, I think. To, to really do something there. Yeah, I think part of it is though, the feeling, isn't it? Like I said, for me, Tetley's Cask and the first beer I had at the Ipswich Beer Festival, I can picture myself at the Ipswich Beer Festival, but I could have no idea because it's just barrel upon barrel. and yeah. it, You can picture every, every camera beer festival, it's just civil barrels, isn't it? Yeah. With, a, with some sort of labelling yeah, yeah. on the front. You have no idea, have you? I yeah. have no yeah. idea. So maybe somewhere I will, maybe somewhere in boxes my mum and dad's or mine there's a there's an Ipswich programme and I've marked it Maybe. but I doubt it I doubt I, it I doubt not, it. not back then I doubt yeah. it in the, in the 80s I did that um, thoughts on the beer then I'm fucking loving this. this this is this is really good isn't it I mean this is the the third beer we've had tonight this is the second of the Formbridge ones you've been kind enough to share and the first one was beautiful there was so much going on in that first beer this one feels like it's got less going on, but it's one of those ones where less is more. Okay, so uh, rather than read the whole back of the label, um, things that stand out here, uh, this was aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. I can get a bit of that. Uh, for six months, lending their unique influence to the final flavour. Conditioning was then finished in the bottle, again using champagne yeast. Oh, since I wouldn't have definitely picked up the last bit, about the bourbon... Yeah. Bourbon. 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 I said it wrong. Okay. So for those those that are counting. 
it, it was me this time. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's let's move on and let's see what uh, our listeners have been saying this week. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So uh, first of a couple of comments this week. The our lady at the our lady. Um, was saying, I just think these fruity beers are going way too far now. Trying to appeal to a new audience, but forgetting their loyal one. Hashtag opinions. Um, Steve, what have you got to say about that? I think people know what I've got to say about that. Oh, go on, but say it again, it's the last show of the season. Oh, fucking Merc. Honestly, for fuck's sake, can we just have nice, clean, crisp, clear West Coast IPAs again, please? And I think going back to the poll, Freeze Company sort of shouts out. Yeah. There's no murky beers in that poll. There are not Mercury's, and I give it in, in ten years' time. People aren't going to be looking back, going, "Oh, do you remember that murky fucking thing we had back in 2017?" Or they might go, "Yeah, wasn't it god awful?" Yeah, wasn't it just like every other beer that was being produced at the time? Possibly. Um, the owl lady again, and a, a few people picked up on uh, on a comment last week. So first of all, uh, the owl lady at the owl lady uh, started twelve beers of Christmas. Mm, I might have finished. Steve, you're not alone. Opinion hashtag opinions hashtag peaked too soon hashtag need to make room. But like I say, he wasn't the, uh, the owl lady. Wasn't the only person. No, uh, Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert. And yes, I've been thinking about my hashtag twelve beers of Christmas since uh, well January. This hashtag is just wrong. Opinion. It's not wrong. It's, wrong. it's just good planning. No, but you can have your cellar beers. The owl lady and Miles and you, you all have your cellar stroke cupboards. You'll be able to pick, you can pick out your twelve beers of Christmas. A night before. Well, I've got 18 on my list at the moment. How's that 12? Well, no, it's a squad. I, I have to get it down to a team of 12. <laughs> in, in the old days of football, 18 was a squad, wasn't it? And then you had 12. You had you 11 and a sub. You had one substitute when I... Yeah, only when one I substitute. Was allowed. So, yeah, it was a team of 12. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, and then, um, finally, uh, Kevin McLean at KJO2MCL. Realise I'm a few weeks late, but my tuppence worth hashtag opinions, and this is about uh, tap rooms. This was our pubs and tap room discussion, it, it, wasn't it? It was. So, um, Kevin said, the pub is about having the usual, about the bar staff knowing your name, about recognising others in the bar, about being comfortable enough to pop in and have a few with a book, somewhere where you are likely to have memories of great nights, as well as quiet nights. At least that's what my local pub is to me. That opening statement has almost put goosebumps on my arm. Yeah. That is just so heartfelt. It's almost poetic. Yeah. Uh, The tap room, in my opinion, is a different beast. It's a destination. It should be an experience. It's about discovering a brewery's best, newest and most experimental. It's about the bar staff knowing intimately and being invested in the product they're serving. Is the tap room the new pub? No. They are completely different and should remain so. I love both. I agree with all of that. I, I do. You cannot disagree with a thing that he said no. there. Kevin, that is brilliant. Thank you so much for your input. So, yeah, so we should get his uh, the beer he really wants to try again sometime around the start of season four. Absolutely, which, which we'll read out then. Um, we should probably start wrapping this thing up about now, mate. Yep. Uh, it's time for the prize this prize. Who is taking on the final box this year? Who gets the school hamster for the summer? Annoyingly, someone we know. Not you. Oh. Sorry. Um, How well do we know them? Very well. It's 1970s boy who's been away for the last week or so and apparently it's a family holiday. It's been away for the last year or so, some would say. Yeah, but that's been home furnishings. (laughs) He's been away with the the wife and the kids. 
He's doing a bit of a Central Eastern Europe tour, which seems to only be taking in craft bars. Okay. Um, and so this picture has really appealed to me because he's managed to get a picture of a craft bar from the door back to the bar. No one else is in it. And for me, as soon as I would see that, I would just want to run straight to that bar. That's a really nice picture. Um, loads of colours. The seating looks lovely. Nice little pathway through the middle. Seats at the bar. And then I can just see these taps and handles. Yeah. And bottles all on the shelves. He's timed that really well as well. Yeah. Oh, perfect timing. Yeah. Um, so, yes. 1970s boy, Justin Mason. You are the person who holds the hamster for the whole of the summer. Brilliant. Make sure our box is in one piece when it comes back. A- absolutely. I don't want yeah. it to be a dead um, box. While we're off air, uh, and while we're off air, that the beer's beginning to take effect. <laughs> uh, we're still going to be looking at pictures. You can still yeah. put them on Instagram. Still use the hashtag cheers, guys. But we won't be selecting a beer for uh, a few... A beer? A beer? A box? For a, a picture? Justin Justin has the box for the whole summer, but please carry on putting them on there. Still put your pictures on Instagram. Still use the hashtag cheers, guys, and we will find them and we will look at them and we will love them. Um, If you want to get involved in anything we've said this evening, uh, still carry on sharing thoughts about those one-off beers that you've had, uh, what you're drinking over the summer, any questions you might have for us. Or even those moments where you've had a beer which you can still get. Moments, yeah. Yeah, just, just... Tweet us, use the hashtag opinions, and we'll find it. Um, I'm not going to bang on about the survey this week, mate, because we're, we're, we're done with the survey. Yeah, the surveys, we're... but thank you to everyone who has contributed Absolutely. to the survey. Yes, yes. Um, we've had some really good feedback, and um, we'll be going through that. We've, we, we've got a summer summit coming up. We, we do have a summer summit yeah. where, where we have an agenda and all sorts of associated papers to go with the yeah, agenda. Yeah, I've, I've killed a whole rainforest printing <laughs> off the papers for said summer summit. Um, yeah, so that's that, that's what we're going to be doing in, in terms of looking forward. Uh, but what's what's coming next? What what can people expect from us over the summer, mate? Well, the well, obviously the most, well, for me, the next exciting bit is the um, second opinions on film. Yes. So we're, you know, the aforementioned uh, beer merchants have supplied us with a beer-themed box of eight beers to accompany the film which won the, the poll. Which was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. So uh, in the next few days, me and Steve will battle our way through the box while watching the film. Such hard work um, sometimes. Whether we can provide you with a killer fact like we did last time is just another matter, I don't know. Oh, like, you, you mean the six minutes? The, the real time six minutes? Six minutes. I can't believe this hasn't become a world phenomenon. I, I, I still can't believe we're the only people to have ever found that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to get in touch with Spielberg and Lucas to find out if that really was on purpose. It's got to have been, hasn't it? It must have been, yeah. Um, So yeah, so we're going to be doing Raiders of the Lost Art, so looking forward to that. Um, And also during the summer, um, my my co-host bravely went to Fuller's, all on his own. It was a a hard trip, but I managed it. Had to walk around with Fuller's with Georgina Young, head brewer, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Uh, tasted some beers, blah, um, and I've listened. I've I have listened to the show, and it's a fantastic interview with Georgina. Um, I think you'll really enjoy that, and that will be out during the summer as well. So I'm just sorry, the Steve, just finishing off the last of the cheese. There. Um, yeah. So, and then we are back for season four um, on the 14th of September. Yep. We'll be recording a few days before that. 
But, um, so it's a bit of a break, but you won't be able to forget about us completely. And that's kind of our birthday show as well yeah. that we're going to So gonna we'll just we're be hoping a year to line up then. something special yeah. so for, for that. Well, we'll let you know what it is, but we're not going to tell you just yet. No, absolutely not. So for now, we're going to finish off this amazing... Um, wonderful Imperial Oatmeal Stout. Thornbridge Hill Hall... I can't even speak. <laughs> you know what? This season's been absolutely amazing. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Cheers.